Welcome, listeners, to A Night of Shreds and Patches, an immersive actual play podcast. This episode features the talents of... Penn Van Batavia as... Marathon Messenger. Kit Adamas as... Birdie Foundling. Cameron Robertson as... Emma Blackwood. Sydney Whittington as... Cassidy Shard. Nick Robertson as GM and narrator. Hello, listeners. This is your editor, Sydney, with today's messages. We've got new patrons to thank. We send forth the heartiest of patina thanks to Moss Rocks and Nick's mom and dad. May your seas be calm, your skies be clear, and your chests be wet. And if you're not already on the roster of the Campfire crew, consider backing our Patreon, where you can plunder the booty of bonus episodes, campfire conversations, and other fun rewards. And with that, we wrap up today's announcements and head into Season 2, Episode 31, Confuse It or Lose It. And so, join us, for now our tale to yours attaches, to carry hope, a night of shreds and patches. first thing that we see is sunlight glinting upon camera lenses as they slowly track across the horizon. The metal monstrosity that had just so recently attacked the Patna stands unmoving, watching in the distance something that's not visible to anyone else before beginning a stately walk along the tire treads left by the rig, unhurried, but inevitable, moving into the distance like it has all the time in the world. The next thing that we see is the rig. Parked in a copse of trees, the mechanical attacker left somewhere in the distance as the motorcycle being piloted by Birdie tears into the small clearing with Marathon hanging on to the back fender riding on her frictionless grav skates. We see the Patna spring into action, loading the motorcycle back onto the racking on the outside of the rig, and everyone piling into the cab as the tires spin, throwing decaying leaves and dirt into the air, and the rig heads off away from where the recent conflict was 
driving as fast as it safely can through the obstacles of the sparse woods. Cassidy's behind the wheel, head forward and looking out the windshield, focusing intently on not hitting anything. Well, welcome back to the rig. How's everyone doing? Oh my god, that was that was so fun. That was intense. Oh my gosh. I mean, not fun. That was scary. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's it's a big angry robot thing, but like he's not that fast. So you knew that thing pretty well then, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's not my first time seeing him, them, yet. I don't know if the spider cares what pronouns you use. Always, always safe. Just to be respectful. Well, let me, well, let's go back and ask it real fast. What if, what if we don't, though? Better not. No, we've tried to talk to it and it didn't go super well. Hmm. So, uh. But yeah, so this that's the big spider thing that just follows me. Kind of thought we had lost it. Wait, if, if. It like follows you, follows you. Yeah, I mean it's it's not that fast, so it's not a huge deal. How does it follow you? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's kind of terrifying, considering that we, you know, <gasps> is it your adventure nanites? Well, it could be. <sighs> I didn't see it before I had them, but I also didn't see it till I left the cartographers. So who knows? But you did see it prior to joining the patent. Yeah, oh yeah, it's been following me for like more than 10 years. Yeah, so okay, so we're we're positive it's you. Yeah, yeah, it's not the night, I don't think, considering it was chasing me and not the night. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that does track. But I would have to imagine that there are other people with the same stuff I've got going on besides me that it should be doing something else. So I guess it it just doesn't like me. Oh gosh, do you think it killed Cypherra? I I doubt oh that it killed Cypherra Marathon. Unlikely. There wasn't a bunch of dried blood all over the legs or anything. Okay. I mean, it's not really like... Uh, Has it ever killed someone before? No. It mostly just follows and, like, watches. It doesn't like going in big cities. I don't think it likes large groups of people. So, like, when we were in Eagle Hill, it was pretty fine. Although, I actually wonder if we... Taking the train... As far as we did, as fast as we did, was enough to confuse it or lose it. And then we picked it back up when we went back. Mm. But yeah, I guess it follows me. And I guess we were having to go through all the dense woods. Cassidy goes around the one tree that's in the middle of the road in these sparse woods. Yeah. That because we were having to go so slow, it was able to catch up. But it's not, it's on average much slower than we are, or at least slow-ish. Typically, the way that we used to deal with it, because it showed up a couple of times at the Patna, is take another vehicle, drive three days off into the distance, hang out, and then meet back up a few days later so that it spends a bunch of time going off in a different direction. And then it'll show back up six months later or something, maybe. Huh. Well? It's just kind of a, a watcher that really wants a piece of me, I guess. Is that sustainable? Well, I've been just uh, don't settle down anywhere and it's fine. Or if you're going to settle down, do it in a large city. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, it's spooky. It got a little too close for what I was comfortable with today because I wasn't looking for it because I didn't think it was still here. But yeah, I mean, it's not. It's just there. It's just there. I'm just. Why you? Cassidy takes her hand off the gear shift to give a one arm shrug. Hmm. There's something about Cassidy. Emma has scooted back into the corner of the passenger seat so she can look more straight on at Cassidy and has crossed her arms and is 
got her eyebrows furrowed, frowning a bit as she's thinking. I've got that raw animal slash wild tech magnetism. <laughs> Birdie is sitting behind Cassidy. And when Marathon says there's something about Cassidy, she wiggles her eyebrows a little bit, but doesn't say anything. Yeah, I guess you do have a certain magnetism about you, Cassidy. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, Marathon slicks back her hair and it flops back down onto her face. Uh, but... Do you, did you jump into any, like, ruins or anything as a kid that that thing is chasing you for? Or is it maybe not your nanites, but is it like, I don't know, some, some, did you get like a prosthetic limb stolen from somewhere or that you haven't shown us or something? I mean, the only other thing that's not my implant is my radio. And I guess it lights up when that thing got close, but it's because it's broadcasting whatever giant angry signal, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I just assume it doesn't like me. Emma, did you build that radio? No. No, I, it was a uh, inheritance. I see. Did that thing kill who you inherited it from? No, they... Uh, no, because you said it in killing. But... Yeah, they were they retired. They settled down and I was not ready to get off the road when the cartographers decided they were now... Ranchers and farmers. Did the spider follow the cartographers? I never saw it. The first time I saw it was when I was, well, learning to fight with the militia and payments owed, which is like forever west of here. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if I just got unlucky and it was wandering around and it took a liking to me. You're just a likable Cassidy. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's animal magnetism. <laughs> so many wonderful th things to appreciate about you. And she's looking at Marathon. <laughs> I think Birdie is making a move, Miss Cassidy. Wow. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Okay, no, wait. <laughs> <clears throat> well, hey, Birdie, you want to go get some dinner? Yeah, I would love that, actually. Uh, be wonderful. <laughs> cool. All mm. right. Let's eat when we get to the campsite. Okay. Okay. This is great. <sighs> this, is, this is a fun, fun little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's so funny how um, how easy it is to just, you know, <clears throat> it's just so nice to, you know, communicate our feelings and... Yep, I bet it is. You okay, Marathon? You look a little red. So, so Emma... Emma still has her arms crossed, staring at Cassidy. Cassidy's focus has remained on the road, but she is not immune to that voice being aimed at her. <laughs> Just a minor fluster. I, I'm thinking through everything that I remember from the few journal entries Pally had where she talked about it. Oh, yeah. I think Pally had some theories. Yeah. Uh, like she she agreed. It, it's, it's definitely you that it's after. So it'd be it's got to be something in the tech that you have that you have had with you since the first time you saw it. So if the headset lit up, that's... I mean, it's possible. It's, There's only a possible. couple of things, or it just is me. Yeah, because it, it'd be... What else do you have? You're, you've got your piano. I don't know why it would track a piano. Yeah, it could be the piano. That would be... Is it tracking your gun? Weird. I don't know if there's any tech in the gun that it well, because it track. yeah, and it was looking at me this time, and the gun was in the rig, so I guess it well that also rolls out the piano. Oh, that right? rolls out the yeah, the piano was over. Okay, it was too busy stomping on the ground above the hole that I fell in. I mean, did did you have any other tech on you besides your headset in the hole? 
Cassidy does a pat down of herself, checking her pockets and her hidey holes. No, I don't think. All right. So process of elimination. So you got two things. It's got to be either you <laughs> as well, a person three. yeah, or the headset or the nanites, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I was including that as part of the you, the person sure. that would be the signature I'd be picking up on. But I know you said like every six months, but we could test it the next time it comes up. You just hand one of us your headsets and we run off and we see if it follows you or if it follows us. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we I can go back and test Pally it right didn't now. didn't want to test that. Let's no, not, let's please. not. Okay. So in that case, I would say we drive for a little bit longer tonight. Oh, yeah. And then if it starts getting thick forest slow going again, I'll take the motorcycle and go off and camp for a couple of days and meet back up. I mean, you, you've got the experience. Yeah, I mean, it's I, at this point, it's like, I don't know. It's not that fast. It's inconvenient. Why would it track your headset? Your guess is as good as mine. It has a flashlight and a radio and a battery, I guess. It's probably something to do with a, a signal or a signature it's giving off rather than the actual functionality of it. If you need to mess with it, just be careful. <laughs> uh-huh. Let me ponder for a okay. little while longer and figure out what exactly I want to look for because I'm going to have to scan to see if I can pick up on something. Yeah, fair. That could potentially hum. Cassidy, like you had said, this was something you thought from your past that you wouldn't be seeing again. You knew how to handle it before. How are you feeling having seen it again as a surprise? It's like a familiar threat in the way that it's been with her for so long that she's learned how to deal with it. And it's like a controlled thrill in that like, yeah, if she screws up, it's going to get her. But it's the same kind of thrill as climbing, where as long as she's careful, it's going to be fine. And it's surprising that it caught up to them at this point, but it's a challenge that she can face and she's quite sure she will be successful at facing. So it's not really scary or intimidating. It's more surprising. It's surprising that it happened without her expecting it. More than that, it's surprising that it is still following and it never lost them and it's always here. It is always here. And that is somewhat normal for Cassidy. Marathon is slumped in the back, resting up after having exerted a lot. And we can see that she's got her hand reached into the pocket of this letterman's jacket, one of her new outfit additions. And we can see her kind of palming the wanted posters of Cassidy and the Patna from Allium before pulling her hand back and shaking her head as if deciding that this is not the time to do that. Why does it have so many cameras, though? Emma has just gone into a spiral of thinking about this spider. And the rig continues onward into the evening light and further still taking just a little bit of risk to build more distance between the Patna and its apparently constant pursuer. You all stop well after full dark and set up camp with much less light than you normally do, feeling at least partially safe for now with the extra miles you put on the road today. And once equipment is cleaned and tents are set and a fire is built and dinner is cooked, we see Cassidy, Emma, Birdie, and Marathon seated comfortably 
eating together in the quiet night. The remnants of a tomato and noodles soup, almost a stew. It's very thick and chunky and also had fish in it because there is a lot of fish to work through, but proteinful, spiced, flavorful. Sit in the wild tech pot as Cassidy leaves it out to see if anyone needs another round. Don't mind if I do. This stuff is terrific. Thanks for uh, thanks for dinner, Miss Cassidy. You know, if you uh, marathon looks over, Bertie. You know, if you ever, you know, wanted me to, yeah, uh, you wanted me to, uh, um, marathon again. Sorry, I had some fish in my throat. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you ever wanted to cook something with me, you know, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty cool. You know, I show. Maybe you could show me. Maybe maybe you could show me how to cook a little bit. Yeah. There we go. That'd be a useful skill to learn. Yeah, that can be arranged. Marathon gives a very strained finger gun as she's also trying to scoop some of this stew with her other hand. You look really flushed, Marathon. Are you okay? Uh, she's just really close to the fire. Yeah. That's gotta be it. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just close to the fire. Bertie, how was your dinner? It was wonderful. Thank you, Cassie. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, happy to hear it. Bernie is just wearing like this shit eating grin <laughs> while also just looking back and forth between Cassidy and Marathon with a slowly increasingly smug look on her face. Anyways, Marathon comes back over and sits cross-legged with the rest of the patna and her fresh bowl of stew and a refill for Bertie. So I know we had Cassidy share time today already. Cassidy, are you in the headspace to receive a flashback that you may not be prepared for? Oh, you mean the giant spider thing? Um, no, different, different, different. No, good. Another one. Oh, sure. Okay, there we go. There we got a sure. And Marathon reaches her hand into this letterman's jacket. It's very crisp right now. And she pulls out five folded and faded pieces of paper and sets them down for the Patna to see through the campfire light. And it's the five faces of the old Patna when they pass through Allium. And it's wanted posters for each one of them. Cassidy, Wyatt, Iakua, Pally, and Owen. So Emma and I found these in that abandoned rest stoppy building. Cassidy has turned her head sideways with the look of a curious animal. I knew one was you, and Emma said she recognized some of the rest. Yeah, I, I grabbed all the ones that I believed were Patna. All names I had heard before. And Wyatt and Pally, obviously, who I knew. You hadn't heard Wyatt and Pally's names before? No, I had, but I'd seen them in person, too, oh, so I kind I of recognized the picture. Well. Cassidy, you got your own wanted posters? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a reason I don't want to go back to Allium. They're old posters, at least. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping it's been a couple of years that they've, well, at least they're not actively looking for me. Those posters look old enough that if they'd just been hanging on the wall of a place that went out of business. But these are Wyatt and Pally, right? Marathon is pointing at two of the posters. Yeah. I think I've heard you guys talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wyatt's still around somewhere. Pally, Emma. Emma met her. Mm-hmm. Who are the, uh, who are the other two? Who's yeah, this who's this Iakua? girl? She's, she's hot. Oh, yeah, the 
the yeah she seems she does seem pretty pretty you know not as pretty as miss cassidy though right <sighs> cassidy is looking at this poster <laughs> we thought you might like to have the art of all of them so huh i'd say they're yours to do with as you wish if you want to throw darts at the wyatt one <laughs> i'll help you pin it up no i had some fond memories of wyatt it wasn't all back and forth fighting I don't know if I ever was there for those memories. Maybe not. Huh. Well, yeah, that one. Well, so that one is Yokua. He's our resident buff, pretty guy who everyone can't help but talk to. Mm. Oh, yeah. He was the guy who wanted the pet raccoons, right? I remember Emma telling me about that. Yeah, exactly. Theoretically, he's still somewhere, but he skedaddled after uh, Pally got killed. Did you talk him out of keeping the raccoons? Uh, well, Pally, Pally was the responsible one. Mm. But yeah, he didn't He didn't see the point in continuing to sit around after two of our people had died in like six months of each other. Is Marathon points over at the Owen poster. Is, um, is she one of the, the people that died? Yeah, she was the other one. I see. Oh, sorry. Cassidy reaches out. And takes the wanted poster and looks at it. Emma is watching Cassidy very closely monitoring emotional response levels. I think most of the Patna is probably looking at Cassidy. Emma has a lot more background on what was potentially going on with Cassidy and Owen from listening to Pally's journals. So she knows what type of relationship was there. Birdie is scratching the back of her neck and kicking herself for joking about the poster to make a jab at Marathon, <laughs> but she is looking at Cassidy. In the poster, we see a early middle-aged woman with white straight hair kind of flipped over with a side shave on one side, an impish nose, high cheekbones, and a defined jawline. Yeah, well, this was Owen. She was our, actually our explosives expert and also the Patina chef. Now I am, but... It's fine, I learned from the best. Oh. Sorry, Cassidy. Yeah, well, if I... If it had been a year ago, I would have still told you it was my fault. I don't know if I 100% believe that anymore, which I guess is progress. Emma smiles ever so slightly, recognizing this progress. It is. Yeah, but she... Well, we made it out of Allium fine. And then got ambushed by Allium agents in Detritus, which is the next major city over. Not on the Order of the Seven, but yeah. Ended in a firefight. I saved Wyatt and Yokua, but I did not make that last shot. So that was her. Rest in peace. Cassidy folds the one and poster back up and has it in her hand, leaning on it with her finger on her scar. You know, based on... The story that Wyatt told me, uh, Yokua a thousand percent has at least one raccoon at this point. No, oh, I hope so. He really liked them. Mm -hmm. He just kept talking about them the whole time. I didn't even meet this guy, but all the raccoons. <laughs> I, I think that that was a really sad story. So like, yeah, I, I, I think that's the reason I'm focused. That's why I'm focusing on the raccoons from that story, because the rest of it was sad. The raccoons were a highlight. No, but we had we had such hope. We took the night into battle against a giant thing and uh, lost. <laughs> yeah, done with the food. Marathon 
has yet to touch her new bowl. Uh, um, yeah, here, just let me finish it real well. I'm just gonna put it back in the bowl. Um, yeah. Do you, do you do any, like, remembering rituals or anything? No, that's why it's thing. I don't know. Feels like this is a call for that. I don't know. Yes, let me remember all the, no. Uh, You don't, don't have to, but what were, like, the cool, some cool memories with, with Owen? Well, she was the one that I think pushed us into helping the revolutionaries in Alam. She was so, she couldn't sit by and just watch the injustices perceived or otherwise being committed. They were, they were actual injustices that Alam had a lot of problems, but a year and change of being a revolutionary later and a bunch of people died and Aliam <laughs> is as it ever was, so Aliam's st- stupid. They have, why do they have balls as currency? They always roll away. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like she was pretty pretty epic. Pretty pretty moral. Yeah. Yeah. Do we uh do you think that lives on in the patent at all? I mean explosives. <laughs> Not to brag, <laughs> but sorry. Yeah, we got explosives, we got muscles, we got cooking. She had muscles? Sorry. No, yeah, you can't really see it from the picture, Barbie. (laughs) Well, I think she sounds really cool. She was. And Aliam is stupid. True. She was in the Patna when I joined, so we were in it together for three years. Mm. Yeah, Aliam was was pretty bad when, when I went there. It was the second major city that I visited after, uh, leaving Sasnak, and compared to Melatone, (laughs) it was, um pretty big shift in the way that things ran. I kind of lived pretty off the grid as possible, and I can only imagine how it was when you guys were there trying to change how it was. I really only stayed because I had a a group to make some money with. I left as soon as I could. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think there's pieces of the city that are really cool. They got a lot of, like, technology and stuff. Of course, all the seven do, but yeah. It's rigidly ruled, to put it lightly. Mm. And the aluminum suck. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the, the allium aluminum. Yeah, yeah, the ice derby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We hate them. But, yeah, yeah, here you go. This is Cassidy holds up the poster of herself. Young Cassidy from, you know, three, four years ago. I think you've matured they... into yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's all these For the better. <laughs> It's a all really flattering scars. Day. That's a much nicer way to phrase it than I was going to, Mary. Wow, Cassidy, you look so much older now. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I always forget how old you are. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Hopefully that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really a flattering drawing of you. Maybe you should keep it. I'll frame it, put it on the wall of the rig. It's not like having a wanted poster of myself sitting in our vehicle is going to ever get us in trouble. Nah. I mean, I think it's just, like, cool bragging rights. But, you know, I prefer wanted poster of the current Cassidy, if you catch me. You know, if I was to hang up. You you want us to be wanted right now? Yeah, I thought, weren't you saying we should be more moral? God damn it. You should draw a picture of Cassidy Marathon if you want a picture of her now. You know what, I, 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 um, I think I have a notebook. Um, but no, I, I... I could dirt. I'm not a good drawer. Sorry. Cassidy shrugs. I could. <laughs> you I'm couldn't not. capture her beauty. 
I couldn't. No. Nope. Magnetism. God damn it. Dirt. <laughs> I think you draw little lines around it to show that it's magnetic. They've mm-hmm. got to be little wavy lines. That's what denotes the magnet. Yeah, okay. My comp bed only lasted till I was, you know, 11 when I left, so I picked up pieces of it on the road. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that we shouldn't make wanted posters of ourselves. <sighs> no, I was... So maybe... Just trying to be smooth. Not the best plan. Um, Let's just put... Uh, go get fancy commission art, because we're... Uh, when we're on Sassneck, we can commission a family portrait. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. We're going to hang it over our fireplace. Oh, I know someone who can do that. That'll be nice. That'll be really nice. We should stand in the most awkward looking poses. We can pick out matching outfits. Yeah. It'll be great. But uh, thanks for uh, second Casty sharing time. And thanks for a little birdie sharing time. Appreciated it, you guys. No, sometimes it's hard to talk about those things, but appreciated it. Happy to help. Yeah. Just how many things can I have? My past is very active today, I guess. Nothing wrong with an active past. Keeps you in an active present. <laughs> I mean, there's kind of an issue with an active past when it's a giant spider chasing you, but... <laughs> it's an inconvenience, apparently. It's a stately <laughs> pursuit. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, I'm sure. But downside of being on the road this long is I have made a lot of friends and lost some of those. So... Well, to not losing. Yeah. Am I right? Are we toasting the soup? No. <laughs> Marathon has pulled out from her pack a little flask of libation... Marathon passes it over to Emma after toasting up this wooden flask. Emma toasts and then ever so slightly tips the flask to take a minuscule amount of this libation and still makes a face like it's one of the nastiest things she's ever tasted and then passes it over to Cassidy. Cassidy looks skeptically at Emma. It's not arena juice. I would never hype unwillingly. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hype responsibly. Let me know when you do that so I have an example of it. Cassidy takes a big swig. Ah, you're so funny, Miss Cassidy. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's very funny. This is interesting. Is that black licorice? Hey, ding, ding, ding. Got you some sambuca there. Oh, well, it's unique. <laughs> Why do you have a flask of this? Cassidy says as she hands it to Brody. It was on sale. (laughs) I wonder why. Brody will sniff the flask a little bit to try and get the sense of black licorice that Cassidy said and shrugs and goes to sales. And then we'll take a large chug. (laughs) Just one, though. And then pass it back to Marathon. (laughs) Nice, Brody. Marathon after having everyone else taken a sip, toast it up, and while side-eyeing Birdie, throws back just a little bit more than her. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to make an event out of it, I can go get another bottle from the rag. None of that. Well, mm. I, I'm not trying... What, what I'm not trying to start a competition or anything. You kind of are, though. I mean, I think we probably don't want to start a competition because we do probably want to leave relatively early tomorrow since, you know, there's a spider on our tail. Sounds sounds like Emma is going to be driving tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. I can do that. Cassidy goes back to dig in her stuff on the side of the rig and produces an unlabeled green bottle. 
Yeah, party tonight. Yeah, you're totally making it a contest. Okay. 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 Well, if it is a contest, let me just let (laughs) Birdie, I will whoop your ass. Okay. Okay. Well, this seems like a bad contest. I don't think anyone wins in this contest. Cassidy, are you in? Oh, of course. Oh, gosh. Hell yeah. Cassidy raises the bottle to fallen friends. (laughs) To fallen friends. To fallen friends. I don't have a drink. (laughs) Bertie's going to turn back around to her own backpack and grab the only full bottle that she keeps in there that has a little label that she hand wrote that says for emergencies and will twist off the cap. It's just a unlabeled brown bottle. Maybe we should get glasses. Hmm. If we're making a contest out of it. Yeah. If you're going hard... Why not just go hard, Cassidy? Why do you oh. need a glass? No, it's okay. A well, all right, good point, Emma. Cassidy takes a glug. <laughs> okay. If we're if we're if we're gonna make mistakes, let's commit to them. <laughs> no, yeah, you're you're such a good influence, Emma. Uh, I'll I'll smoky. That's my contribution. <laughs> As Birdie pulls off the cap, whatever it is, it's strong. There's a little hint of lighter fluid. And we see, with a decidedly lighter tone, the Patna seated around this smoldering fire, exchanging tales and drinks in equal measure. Emma looking on. What would the emotions that Emma is looking on with be? So this is not how Emma would deal with emotions, but also there were a lot of emotions, at least on Cassidy's side, and... If Cassidy needs to drink and have a drinking contest to not be sad, then she should do that. So probably more like mild amusement rather than judgment. And it's possibly mild amusement because of how everybody's going to feel the next morning. And we hear the clink of glass bottles above the crackling of fire. And in the distance, a lonely singular howl. Far away, unthreatening, but echoing into the empty night. The sun rises on a hot, humid, and oh-so-bright morning. The high whine of flying bugs pierces the skulls of the Patna, who considered themselves winners last night, but maybe not so much this morning as they prepare to leave. How's everybody doing? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Emma is probably picking up some slack cleaning up camp, but seems to be you know just in a great mood. Like skipping is occurring. She's probably whistling occasionally. Not trying to be super obnoxious to the ears and sense of <laughs> sound and sight to her friends who she knows are not at their best this morning, but is still having a good morning, is enjoying it. Doing a dice roll for myself to determine how badly hungover Birdie is. Okay, everyone roll resilience, but Birdie, you have two black die because you were drinking basically fuel. Marathon, you have one black die for drinking cheap Sambuca. Cassidy, it's a straight roll because you were drinking nice whiskey. (laughs) Average difficulty, I think. I'm rolling a yellow and a green against the two purples. I got two successes and two threats. So you succeeded. I would say you're not more than inconvenienced by however you're feeling. What do you think the threats would be? Cassidy is 
ably doing all of her camp teardown duties, like getting her tent put away and everything, she is carefully keeping her body between her eyes and the sun so that she is always in the shadow of herself (laughs) because it is very bright outside for some reason. It's because it's morning, Cassidy. Yeah, I mean, but the sun is just really bright today. It's because we're not in a forest. Well, that, yeah, I must be, I must just be used to sleeping under trees. Mm-hmm. Cassidy gives a sly look to Emma before going back to cleaning up. I'm rolling four green, two purple, and a black. One success, two advantages. I think you feel pretty much fine, which makes sense with your experience with drinking, Marathon. How's your morning looking? Marathon is feeling all right, is still feeling hungover, but in a way where it's like, oh, this time the drunk is just carrying over a little bit into the morning. She is feeling very goofy, if not a little nauseous. At least she claims to have won the drinking game, even though everyone lost count. And we see her kind of hunched over the bowl of last night's soup that didn't get totally cleaned up and is just cleaning out a bowl into her mouth real quick of this tomato fish stew. Marathon that did set out all night. That's all right. <sighs> Nothing the old iron, iron, iron stomach can't fix. Yeah, all that alcohol will purify it. Yeah, you're looking, uh, the sun is not the shiniest thing out here, Miss Cassidy. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's pretty bright, Marathon. Yeah, exactly. And she gives a finger gun, and her crisp letterman's jacket has a little spill of Sambuca on it still. Marathon, don't make yourself sick and throw up in the rig, please. No, no worries, no worries. Uh, I'm uh, pretty good at throwing up outside of stuff, so. Great, great. Yeah, <laughs> open windows. Uh, uh. Marathon specifically shouts a little loud. So, Birdie, how you doing? Birdie's tent flap slams open as if it was a door. And you see Birdie crawling on all fours out of her tent wearing a pair of mirrored aviators. And she's like, what do you want? For reference, Birdie on a two green, two purple, two black... Rolled three failures and a threat. Uh, no, I was just wondering, has it... Marathon is talking a little loud on purpose. I was just wondering, you know, how's it feel trying to go tit for tat? Yeah, you know, with the... Uh... I feel great, Marathon. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> she's starting to disassemble her tent, but she's stumbling and she's very disoriented from how bright it is outside, even with the sunglasses. Her shirt's on backwards. Here, let me help. Oh, Emma jogs over from where she was next to the rig, holding a water bottle. (laughs) Thank you, Emma, for being such a good friend. And grabs Birdie by the shoulders and gently sets her down on a rock, facing away from the sun, hands her the water bottle, and then starts taking her tent down. Did you puke last night, Birdie? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, well, hey, that's good, though. Good sign. It's okay, Marathon's a thousand percent going to throw up once we start driving. No, not the... We hear a stomach rumbling. Um, no, not me. <sighs> well, we know who has window seats, I guess. All of us? And we also know who won the competition. It just... Yeah, it was, it was me. 
Yeah, it was me. No. No, it was probably Emma, honestly. Yeah, I think Emma won, it, won this one. I think it was a good exercise. Emma, you were counting, right? I think I remember asking you to count, but also you went to your tent. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was counting and y'all were all even and then I left. Yeah, I mean, we were at seven when I think Emma went to bed. Yeah. Well, when Emma stopped answering. I definitely hit nine. I definitely hit nine. That, that is too much. But I think I'm, I, I think I'm winning probably. Yeah, I think you won in this scenario. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go nap in the rig now that my stuff's taken down. Uh, I'll wake up for lunch. Thanks for driving. So- sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thank you for driving, Emma. You're welcome. You're such a good friend. Birdie, do not try to keep up with Marathon. You know... She's so much bigger than you. <laughs> sometimes it's not about what's good for me. It's about winning. <laughs> it's not worth the joke, though. But I almost made it. I, I kept up. I kept up. Birdie, uh, you want you want a piggyback ride back to the rig? Only because my head feels very, very much like that gloop that Bren gave me. Yes. Ah, you remembered a name. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Oh, yeah, I remember the name. I'm sorry, Marathon. No, I, I feel that was deserved. That was deserved, Birdie. No, that was definitely deserved. Marathon hoists Birdie up. Yeah, um, I think I'll just keep talking to Cassie in the in the car during lunch. You can just nap the rest of the day. No worries. Appreciate it. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. All right. Before you nap, you are going to finish that water. Uh-huh. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. Thank you. Marathon, yours is already sitting on your seat. You are going to drink that before falling asleep. Okay, okay, yeah. Even though you you still seem fine in a drunk way. You're, drink the water. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, plenty of experience drinking things this last few hours, so. I, I mean, yes, you did have a lot of experience drinking the past few hours. Thanks, Emma. Uh, Cassidy is now curled up in the backseat of the rig with a bandana over her eyes, fast asleep. There you go, Birdie. Gen- Thank you. Gentle, gentle. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. Marathon, without noticing, sets Birdie into the back seat very gently and then walks over to the other side of the rig to get into the back seat and then realizes that Cassidy is there next to Birdie. Dirt! Uh, I mean, sorry, sorry. Guess you're up front with me, Marathon. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you for your sacrifice. While Birdie is laying down and putting her pack underneath her head. And with several suppressed groans of agony, the camp is left and the rig continues onward with its hall of hungover heroes. Welcome back to MTR1153. That was just the end of today's broadcast, and we'll be right back to the music after this little break. The particulars of the subsequent can be found in the show notes. This has been A Night of Shreds and Patches, an actual play podcast using the Genesis game system from Fantasy Flight Games. The show was edited by Sydney Whittington and features the talents of Kit Adamus as Birdie. Kit can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Venus Vultures. Kit is also a voice actor for Elevator Pitch Podcast, a queer genre-hopping anthology podcast that can be accessed on Spotify and YouTube. 
Penn Van Batavia as Marathon. She can be found on Twitter at Acquired Chaste. Penn is an indie TTRPG designer whose most recent work includes Our Us, an intimate art relationship tool for two, and Unjustice, a dark drinking game set in a violent alternate West. Check out fair other work at penharper.itch.io. Sydney Whittington as Cassidy. Sydney can be found on our Discord server, which is linked in the show notes, and on Twitter at Sydney underscore wit. She's also a contributing editor for the Orpheus Protocol, a cosmic horror espionage actual play podcast. Cameron Robertson as Emma. Cameron can be found on Twitter at MidnightMusic13 and on Instagram at Reading underscore and underscore Dreaming. Cameron is also a player on Tabletop Squadron, a Star Wars Edge of the Empire actual play podcast. And Nick Robertson as Narrator. Nick can be found on Twitter at Alias58. Nick is also the GM for Tabletop Squadron, which you can support at patreon.com slash tabletopsquadron. Nick can also be found as a player on the Orpheus Protocol. This podcast features the musical talents of Dora Violet and Arnie Parrott. You can find Dora at facebook.com slash Dora Violet. You can find Arnie at atptunes.com. The official artwork for this podcast was created by Rashid Alroka, which can be found on Instagram and ArtStation at RashidJRS. You can follow the Patna on Twitter at Akasap underscore podcast or visit the website www.akasap.com. To further support the show, consider joining the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Akasap where we'll be bringing you weekly content, including bonus episodes, campfire conversations, and other fun rewards. Until next time, signing off.